Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 there'll always be something i like about the big guy he's not hillary clinton right as much as i like trump that has always been what i have liked best about him that he's not hillary clinton we didn't have to look at four years of her and we didn't get that this time either, so that's the one good thing about Joe. And meanwhile, the uh, the talk of impeachment is still in the air in Washington, and the big guy didn't do much to stifle that when asked about it during a press conference today. Now, the only reason for them to do it would be revenge. They like to say that they think he's dangerous and blah, blah, blah. That has nothing to do with it. They just really hate this guy, and they want to get him. And they, they have two more weeks to get him again. And once he leaves, uh, well, they'll probably try to investigate him too but uh, it'll be tougher for him to get their hands on him when he's gone meanwhile the clock is ticking on the big guy because nobody really believes he's going to last four years and that will mean that we are going to get the winner of the award that we give out here every friday and now it's time for the jerk of the week starring john steigerwald that's right kamala harris the soon-to-be vice president of the united states is the winner of this week's Windows R Us Jerk of the Week Award for stealing a story told by Martin Luther King back in 1965. And, um, and there are some funny stories. I was just sharing with someone backstage. You know, so I, I witnessed this as I write about in the book, you know, from my stroller's eye view. And um, there's a, a funny family story about how, so my mother's marching with the, the extended family. I talk about like Aunt Mary and Uncle Freddie in the book. And um, she would tell the story about how so they're marching. And this is back when strollers didn't really have armrest and seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> so they're marching away and, you know, shouting and, and all of that. And then I think it was my Uncle Freddie, you know, uh, looked down and, and looked in the stroller, which was empty. <laughs> <laughs> and said, where's Kamala? <laughs> and apparently they left me like a block by and I'd fallen out the stroller. <laughs> There you go. And then my mother would tell a funny story about how, like, one day she, and, and I was fussing, and, and, you know, and so I'm fussing and fussing. She, it, it's much cuter when she would tell the story, but she'd say, so then she would look down at me and, Kamala, what do you want? What do you want? And I looked back up at her and I said, freedom! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad there you, you told that story on your own, because I was going to ask you, because I wanted to hear you say freedom. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, that's just, that is really puke material. And that's her story, and she's sticking to it. And here's Martin Luther King's from 1965. I never will forget a moment in Birmingham when a white policeman accosted a little Negro girl, seven or eight years old, who was walking in a demonstration with her mother. What do you want, the policeman asked her gruffly. And the little girl looked him straight in the eye and answered, feed him. She couldn't even pronounce it, but she knew it. It was beautiful. Many times when I have... I've been in sorely trying situations. The memory of that little one has come into my mind and has buoyed me. And Kamala tells it like she owns it every time. You just heard it there. It's one of the most nauseating things I've ever heard. It's actually a little sick on her part, but worthy of something she probably never dreamed of, being named the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us. Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. When we come back, we're going to hear an eyewitness account from a woman from Gibsonia who was in Washington, D.C. for the Stop the Steel rally on Wednesday. Stick around.
Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with plug-in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest-Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical-free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit, like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at lifelock.com. The holidays will be different this year. Also different is the way you have been and will be doing business. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing, but are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers who are still making buying decisions this year and for next. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, there are lots of versions of what happened at the Capitol uh, in D.C. on Wednesday. Uh, Democrats, of course, are blaming it all on President Trump, and there are conflicting accounts out there of how much of the trouble was caused by Trumpsters and how much was caused by anti-Trumpsters, you know, Antifa, people like that who infiltrated the crowd. Leslie Miller of Gibsonia made the trip, saw it firsthand. She joins us now. Leslie, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. So are you glad that you made it back in what Was there a time when you thought you might make, <laughs> not make it back in one piece? You know what? No, I was never never once fearful at, at all. I mean, I saw some chaos going on, but I was far enough back from it. And, and the crowd that 
the majority of the people there were just so pleasant. Everyone was there, to, and we were all watching out for each other. Everyone was so pleasant and kind, and so and never once was I fearful. Never once. So uh, why did you decide to go there? I mean, are you a, a are you um, a do you work in politics, or are you just a regular citizen who <laughs> decided to take a trip to D.C.? I am just a regular citizen who has just been so uh, frustrated with this whole process of the election, and and after all that's gone down, I've just been doing so much research, and and the more I researched, the more frustrated I've become, and you know I don't I just some lady in the North Hills. I'm like, what can I do? I can't do hardly anything, but I can go to this march. You know, I can make my my presence known and just feel like I did something to to show Congress how many people feel like this was an unfair and unjust election. So that was my purpose in going. And how did you get there? Um, a friend of mine told me it was very last minute. I um, a friend of mine told me about a bus group that was leaving from Victory Church in Cranberry, and this was Tuesday night. And um, I texted her. I'm like, "Are you going?" And she's like, "Yeah." And so she said, "Well." See if you can still go. So I contacted the person in charge, and she happened to have had a cancellation. So then I was able to go. I got up at three in the morning and drove up there and met the bus. And um, do you? I, she just. My friend just told me perhaps your relative Kurt Steigerwald was in this group. There were five buses that went from there. So I don't know if uh, you're. It, her, it was the person's name was uh, Steigerwald? Was the first name? Uh, Kurt Steigerwald. Um, I might be some distant relation, but if, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not aware of him. Um, yeah, right. He should keep that name under his hat. Um, yeah. <laughs> not spread it around too much. But um, so so you get on a bus, and is this a school bus, or is it like a chartered uh, Greyhound kind of bus, or what? Yeah, I'm just they trying were to get an idea of what were, it's like. Right, yeah. There were five bus, chartered buses. You know, they had a restroom in the back, and, and yeah. my friend who was going, she wasn't even on the same bus with me. So I just was like, I was so determined to go. I didn't even know anybody. And I just thought, I know I'll make friends and everybody, you know, we're all going for the same purpose. So I knew it was going to work out. And um, so it's a full bus. The bu- the bus is packed. There's not an empty seat. There were a couple of empty seats. But, but I mean, yeah, it's it was a packed bus. It, 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 yeah. it's, it's almost full. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get in a picture because, you know, the picture that people have now are is um, of people climbing the walls and, you know, breaking windows and breaking yeah. into, the, oh, uh, into the Capitol building and all that. So yeah. um, so describe what you saw when you got to the area near the Capitol building uh, when you arrived. So you leave here at, what, at like uh, 3.30 yeah. in the morning, something like that, and you yep. get down and there we- at 7.30 or 8? Uh, we got there. Well, we had to stop in Monroeville and pick up some more passengers. Um, okay. But then we uh, we got to, we got down to D.C. right by the Lincoln Memorial about 11, and they dropped us off. And there was uh, a big rally at the Ellipse, and uh, and President Trump came out and spoke to the rally. I'm not sure if you know that. I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah. So we were there for quite a while, and then and it was strange though because our our cell phones weren't working. We couldn't make calls. We couldn't make texts, um, and our maps weren't working. So we got a little disoriented as far as which way to start marching. Um, so we, our group kind of went a, a roundabout way following some other people, but, um, as we were approaching the Capitol, I mean, we're surrounded by tons and tons of people and, and, uh, there was law enforcement on every corner. They were everywhere. So I felt like they were doing their very best to make sure that it was going to be a peaceful time. And as we were approaching the, I was with just four, it's four or four of us that were walking together. And as we were approaching the Capitol building, it, you know, it was getting more and more condensed. And uh, my one friend said to me, he's like, oh, let's go up and put our feet on the, on the steps of the Capitol so we can say we did it. And I was like, oh, I just had a bad feeling. I just yeah. had a bad feeling about that. And I said, you know what? I don't know. If something bad happens, it's going to be up there and there'll be nowhere to go. And little did we know that that was precisely when things were starting to get bad. So we ended up walking away from that area. We took pictures, and then we started walking off to the side where there were all these food trucks because we were hungry. And we passed by a car that had the windows down, and we could hear the radio was on, and there was a news person saying, people are breaking into the Capitol as we speak. And those of us standing there were like, oh, my gosh. And we could see, you know, then we look over there, and you can see, you know, people are frustrated, People are there because they're frustrated with how things are going. So you already have that tension that people are frustrated. And it looked tense over there. 
and you could see there was like a scaffolding outside the building covered in plastic. I'm assuming that's, you know, in preparation for the inauguration. And people were breaking, ripping the plastic off and climbing up and climbing up and over. And, um, and I could see, uh, it looked like there was probably some police barricade uh, down lower <clears throat> and just, just like, you know, the metal things that they use at parades and such. So nothing fortified, something that is easily movable. Um, yeah, and people were climbing up and I could see tear gas, you know, I could see some, some kind of smoke. And then I, uh, end up standing next to this <clears throat> girl and her husband. And I just said, what is going on over there? And, and she said, we were just there and we were just standing there and the police just started throwing tear gas at us and shooting us with rubber bullets. And we hadn't, they it sounded to me how she made it sound was they hadn't even tried to like break the barrier at that point. But they, and they were just a nice looking couple, you know, nobody, no, nothing about them gave the, any impression of, you know, a, a malicious intent of any kind. So that was her explanation. And she showed me the rubber bullets she had in her pocket. So they, they got out of there. So that so was what I witnessed. Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard uh, <laughs> too many news accounts of, of people uh, being shot with rubber bullets or mm-hmm. being tear gassed uh, prior to the major uh, disturbance you know, starting up. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen anything on the news anywhere about the the rubber bullets and the tear gas? No, but you know I don't I don't watch the news. I mean it's yeah. just so disgusting. It's so it's yeah. such well, a false narrative. And and the reason that you ended up getting connected with me because I had seen a few things and I was so disgusted with how this is being portrayed because the majority of people there are just America loving patriotic people who feel that this is not right and we're concerned for our country and the future of our country and we want to show support to this president who has served us for four years um, so that was the majority of the people there they were just you know good intentioned people and so it's just been hijacked by this agenda and um, and I, I really feel from my perspective as being there that it was not well fortified, the Capitol building. We're talking about You don't the think Capitol they were ready building. for it? No. I mean, I think, they, I think they knew. I think they knew. And, I mean, how could they not know? I mean, the march They knew was what? Told... That there was going to be a, 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 someone try to invade Break the in? Capitol building? Well, they knew a million people were going to be marching to the Capitol building yeah. from the Ellipse. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they knew that these people aren't happy. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I'm no, I'm no genius, but if it were me, if I knew 100 people were coming towards my house, I would do everything I could to, you know, put barriers up and have the right amount of security. And I'm telling you, this is the capital of our nation and the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., where you have at your disposal any number of, you know, procedures, National Guard, military police. And there were police all around on the sidewalks, as I told you. And and it was just completely, it should not have been, there should be no way that they could have gotten past them. They're just, well, it's when, just, yeah. Well, no, when, when you, uh, before the, the, the trouble started, and when you got, first got there, were just walking around and, and checking the place out, mm-hmm. did, you, did, did, did you see any people who struck you as not looking like Trumpsters, like, I mean, we've all seen uh, Antifa, right. and, and we've seen the rioting that was going on all mm-hmm. summer. Did right. you see people who looked like they might have belonged to that group and didn't look like people you'd expect to see in a, uh, in a MAGA group? Right. The people that I could see from a distance that were climbing up and, you know, taking, some, taking their lives in their hands by climbing up these scaffoldings and climbing yeah. over, you know, balconies and things like that. Those people, to me, didn't look like the typical MAGA crowd at all. But by the time we got there, all of those individuals would have been up at the front of this, you know, this mass of people. So did I personally rub shoulders with anyone that I felt was suspicious? I mean, there were a few people that I was walking with that I'm like, hmm, could be. He's got a bulletproof vest on under his black sweatshirt. Could be, for sure. I mean, we knew they were going to be there. And, um, but I didn't ever feel unsafe. I felt like they, I, I saw a lot of patriots in tactical gear walking around trying to make sure that people were protected. Un, when, you know, uh, un- go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I was just saying not not paid people, people that were, you know, doing it out of their own benevolence that had walkie-talkies on their shoulders and they were walking around with their eyes scanning, you know, those kind mm-hmm. of people. I saw a lot of those, and that, and that made me feel very safe, to be honest. And so, you mentioned that, that uh, President Trump spoke to the group. How close were you to that, to the him speaking? I wasn't super, yeah, it was, it was really hard to get into that area. I think I heard they said about 30,000 people were allowed into that area where you had to go through metal detectors. But to get yeah. into that area, you couldn't take a backpack or anything. And oh, okay. I wasn't willing to leave my backpack. I saw piles. There were piles of backpacks on the street, and I just <laughs> I couldn't do it. I had my keys and stuff. So I did not want to go through that. So we, were, we could see the stage distantly, and we could see the Jumbotron. And, um, could you hear him? We did. Yeah, I heard him. I could hear him. Pre- I could hear him pretty well. But we were kind of standing in between speakers, so the sound—you know how when it kind of gets bouncy, so the yeah. sound wasn't perfect. And we listened right. to him for quite a while, and he talked about you know the numbers of how the election was stolen and um, in different states and you know all that kind of stuff—the stuff that you've heard him say in mm-hmm. Trump rallies. Well, the one I wanted but, to ask you was—he's yeah. been—they're saying that he was—he incited the the riots. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Was anything, did, he, did, you, did it have the feel of someone trying to stir people up, his speech? No. No. I mean, he, no. I think that is completely ridiculous. That is completely, completely outlandish. He, I'd, and we left early because I was getting cold, and I'm like, we needed to start walking. So we didn't hear the end of his speech, but I've heard that what he said was, okay, let's make ourselves peacefully up to the Capitol building. You know, make your voices heard is what he was saying, because that's why we were there. Go make your voices heard to Congress. Yeah, but but you didn't get the feeling that this was some uh, well Adolf Hitler screaming and you know waving his arms around and and trying to get people riled up because that the media are trying to portray it as that. Exactly, exactly, and that's I I started to say and I didn't finish, but I I put a post on yesterday um, on Facebook because of how it's being so misconstrued. And I said, hey, yeah. I was there. Here's my story. Here's what I saw. And it's not what you're seeing on the news. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. some bad, bad things happened. But that was such a minute portion of it. Yeah. And, and as I said, I, I feel like it was, I, I want to say, I think it was staged. I really do, mm-hmm. because there's just no reason on this earth why they should have been. I mean, they knew the people were coming. They knew Antifa was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a report today from Alex Jones on InfoWars that uh, just this afternoon that he said that the Congress had actually been briefed on Tuesday that they were anticipating the crowds and that they needed to, you know, take precautions. They were, in, but yet they didn't call in extra police. I mean, yeah. So to me, it's just it just smells funny. So um, we're finishing up here with Leslie Miller. She's uh, a just a regular citizen from Gibsonia who made the trip down to D.C. on Wednesday. Uh, so, what what were you thinking when you were getting when you got on the bus and you headed home? Uh, boy, I didn't expect this. Or were you glad you went, or do you wish you hadn't gone? Or how, what was your oh. how are you going to feel about that as your yeah. as you think back on this? Well, I'm so so glad I was there. I was so glad I was there so that I could have a better picture of what the whole thing looked like and so that I can tell that to people who couldn't go. Um, mm-hmm. But it was funny because right about when all that, all that stuff was happening, my phone, I was suddenly able to get text messages, and my phone started blowing up and friends back home texting me, are you okay, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. What, is, what are you seeing? What's going on? So they were all, you know, it was being portrayed as a very alarming and unsafe environment, but I'm telling you, it was it was the most beautiful people you will ever be around. I'm and, telling uh, you that, you, yeah. So, as a regular citizen, and mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, we know now that Joe Biden is going to be president. Um, yeah. What do you get, What do you do now? Do you give up? Do you um, <laughs> accept? You know, four years not to be around for four years. I don't think anybody believes that, but. Uh, right. What, how do you how do you feel about it now? We got about a minute left. And I got to take a break. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 really 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 sad. But here's the thing, John. I have faith in God, and I know that no government is going to be our ultimate savior, right? So we can hope for the best in this world, but God is in control, and we that's that's where I am with it. And we just got to trust that He's. You know, this is not our ultimate home, right? 
So mm-hmm. that's where that's how I can reconcile it because I am definitely very very disappointed. Hey Leslie, I'm I'm out of time. I really sure. appreciate you coming on and doing this, and you did as as good a job of reporting on that as any reporter would would uh, hope to do. <laughs> a really excellent job in describing that. Thanks. Sure. All right. Thanks, John. Have a good weekend. You too. That's Leslie Miller of Gibsonia, and she's a reporter. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President-elect Joe Biden has introduced the governor of Rhode Island, the mayor of Boston, and a small business advocate from California as the newest members of his economic team. The formal announcement came a day after his transition team announced Governor Gina Raimondo as his choice to become Commerce Secretary Mayor Marty Walsh. His candidate for Labor Secretary and Isabel Guzman as his pick to lead the Small Business Administration. New research suggesting the COVID-19 vaccine made by Pfizer and BioNTech can still work against the mutated coronavirus. The Los Angeles Dodgers say Hall of Fame manager Tommy Lasorda, who guided L.A. to two World Series championships, has died. He was 93. Stocks shaking off a midday slump and powered higher in the afternoon to record highs. The Dow gained 56 points today. The Nasdaq was up 134. This is SRN News. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing matter license in all 50 states and at mustconsumeraccess.org number 3030. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call and we'll take care of the rest. No one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. Mike Gallagher isn't going anywhere. Apparently Mitt Romney thinks that it was just business as usual in America in 2020, and there's nothing to see here. Well, Mitt Romney can take a leap. I'm sorry. Republicans better reflect the anger of the American people because we're not going anywhere. We're not going to be subservient and bow down the mike gallagher show weekdays at nine right before dennis prager at noon on am 1250 the answer by now you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life they won't go flat you can wash and dry them as many times as you want they maintain their shape made in the usa for a limited time mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever you can get a standard queen premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollar savings. Kings are only five dollars more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard Queen Premium, but Mike is extending his sixty day money back guarantee to March first, twenty twenty one. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called Marines. A tough and determined few dedicated to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few who have earned the title Marine. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
starting to see some improvement on the Parkway West now that disabled vehicle cleared inbound around the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Still some delays, though, from Green Tree on down. Looks like it still might be about an extra five minutes through some of that congestion. On the outbound side of the Parkway, ease delays into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Looks like about a six-minute delay. Accident in the Stowe area, McCoy Road near Roosevelt Avenue. In the Strip District, Smallman Street remains blocked for sinkhole repair between 33rd and 35th Streets. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies. Expect a low tonight of 23. Sunny to partly cloudy skies to kick off the weekend tomorrow. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 37. Partly cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 26. Sunday will wrap up the weekend with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Sunday of 38. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So now that we're 100% sure that Joe Biden will become president on January 20th, uh, assuming he doesn't forget to show up for the inauguration, of course, maybe we should uh, start focusing on how him being president might affect your life. If you have uh, kids or grandkids, their lives could be affected a lot and not in a good way. Max Eden is a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute uh, and an expert on education, and we thought he was going to be here, but uh, he's not. So <laughs> I was hoping we would uh, have him. He's scheduled for it. Uh, we'll see uh, if we can get a hold of him. Um, meanwhile, um, before, uh, while we're waiting for him, something I, I wanted to uh, point out here. Mike Doyle, he's the uh, congressman from – he's listed as the Democrat from Forest Hills, but he's a, he's a Pittsburgh – basically a Pittsburgh uh, – Congressman, and I'll, and I'll get to that uh, when we finish here. Uh, I understand that uh, Max is on the line, but Max, uh, Mike Doyle, we got to talk about him. We'll do that in a few minutes. Meanwhile, Max Eden is a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and an expert on education, and we do have him on the line. Thanks for coming on, Max. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So, should we expect uh, drastic changes in uh, public education, at least as much as the federal government can do right away? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can, we, we can and should expect the federal government to go right back to where it was before Trump, uh, right back to where it was at the end of the Obama administration, which was, frankly, a much more aggressive role than we had ever seen it play at any other time in the course of American history, right? I mean, to take one issue that we've, we've spoken of before and, you know, a lot of your listeners on some level be familiar with, is the issue of school discipline, right? The federal government, the idea that they would have anything to do with school discipline uh, at any time before 2014 was almost unthinkable until the Obama administration says, we are going to use the authority of the civil rights law to go into your school district and tell you how you can and can't discipline kids, right? Mm -hmm. That is something that we can expect to start right back in day one in the same way that we can expect, you know, the Title IX stuff and the way that college campus sexual assault allegations are processed. All of the stuff that was going on in 2016, we can expect to start from day one. And the big question is just how much further Biden will go. Yeah, what, what, was, the, what was the result of that? Uh, let's just talk right now about the, the issue with the discipline. Um, I seem to remember that that didn't work out so well. Um, for teachers, I mean, no, it worked it, out pretty well for it, undisciplined it, kids, but it didn't work out. I mean, I, I would argue it didn't work out that well for them either, right? I mean, what the what the federal government did was it it basically said instead of saying if you treat students differently based on race, then we might come in and rectify that disparate treatment. It basically said if you discipline students at different rates. Uh, then we will come in and make you adapt to more lenient policies. And instead of punishing kids or excluding them or suspending them, you'll have to do healing circles and restorative justice circles with them. And this did not work out well at all. There have been several studies that I've tried to try to cover, a lot of stories I've tried to tell. I mean, basically it provided a strong subsidy for misbehavior. It telegraphed the message to students that if they acted out and their teacher sent them to the office, the teacher would get in trouble, and they would get off with a lollipop or a sticker. So this substantially destabilized classrooms in several districts where it's been studied, including Pittsburgh, it really harmed learning. Uh, but it's also the kind of thing that these ideologue bureaucrats were fully committed to. They did not 
you know, want to believe that what they were doing was wrong. They wanted to believe that they were fighting racism and the results be darned. Um, so, you know, I think the past few years, schools have had more room to set their policy in accordance with what's, what they see in the classroom, what will be good for learning. And they'll now have to set their policies in such a way that will prevent the federal government from investigating them or taking away their money. So, so what in, in four years, we've seen under President Trump, teachers will, would have noticed a difference in their ability to discipline kids. Uh, and, and that even, even in that short a time, there was a, 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 the, the difference was drastic enough. And now it's going to shift right back and be that much of a drastic change back again? Well, in part, I, I hasten to, to generalize too far on the, on the teacher level, but it, it, it's fully reasonable to say that at the central office level, your superintendents, your principals, the memo went out during the Obama administration, like, change your policies, follow these procedures, don't discipline, don't exclude, don't punish. That memo stopped going out under the Trump administration. I think it, will, it probably varied substantially from place to place, whether the inertia of this policy is kept in place, whether principles redirected, they certainly had the freedom to do so under Trump, whether or not they did, uh, will vary, and they certainly will not have that freedom going forward. Yeah, I went to a Catholic school a million years ago, and nothing, and it was, I, I learned more in high school than I did in college, although I was not a very great, good student in either place, but um, the discipline was the number one reason why I survived and the number one reason why I got anything out of high school was because you just didn't get out of line. And I don't know how they do it now in public schools where you're where a kid can do. And I'm I was talking I'm talking about high school, but even in grade school where a kid uh, kids figure it out pretty quickly that what they can get away with, and how, it's just how they could just disarm the teacher like that and and not expect yeah, no, and a disaster. Yeah, and it, and it taught you, you know, different and broader lessons as well, especially, you know, in the Catholic school context about the way the world is ordered, the way that authority should be regarded, yeah. <laughs> the way that life should be lived. Um, all, of the, all of what was behind the discipline that you received, though, in that school, right, the, all of the values and the kind of moral structure behind it, all of that is now being taken by critical race theorists and ideologues as being a manifestation of, you know, white supremacy or uh, whiteness. And so it's not a mistake that they're disarming the teachers because the accusation is that, you know, a teacher saying to a kid, this is the way that you should behave, this is the way that adults behave, even that is seen as an oppressive intrusion, and a racialized oppressive oh, intrusion. And my fear is that, you know, the Biden administration will go even further than the discipline question and really find every hook and crook that they can to like get this ideology more into kids' schools, to force school districts to hire uh, equity consultants, quote unquote, to force them to make staff positions that are about promoting critical race theory in the classroom, and that we will see uh, other manifestations of a really fundamental cultural shift pushed through the schools by the federal government. Talking to Max Eden, he's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and an expert on education, um, and. You mentioned critical race theory. Uh, Donald Trump tried to expunge that from as many places as he could. Is Joe Biden going to jump in with both feet on this? Well, he's definitely jumping back with one foot, right? I mean, he has promised to rescind this executive order um, that the Trump administration made put forward. And if you right. think about it, it that, that in itself is astonishing, right? Because... What the order itself said, and this is obviously lost in most of the press coverage because they, they wouldn't dare talk about the real words and the real ideas present, but the order said uh, that you know public money shall not be given to uh, trainings that stereotype or scapegoat and impute moral blame or worthiness based on race or sex, right? I mean, Seems that like a pretty is something good idea. that... Well, that, right, that, that seems to be something that you can't argue against. How could you be against right. that? But right. uh, Biden has already promised to rescind that, right? And we know what these trainings look like. These trainings do, in fact, impute fundamental categorical moral uh, valences to race. It is like the inverse of the Jim Crow system and the ideology that undergirded slavery that's going to be promoted uh, in these trainings. And the big question is, you know, is this... Is stopping, you know, is not banning it as far as Biden will go, or will he go further 
and try to actually actively funnel it into schools. And, you know, I don't know what he'll do, but my concern is that he will. He has, you know, various avenues and venues by which he could. And a lot of kids might be coming home to their parents, you know, having been taught that their parents and their parents' values are manifestations of white supremacy culture. Even things like timeliness and objectivity and delayed gratification have all been tarred as being a system of oppression. Uh, And this might start to be kind of the new ethos of the public school system. I think I saw a story just the other day about the San Diego schools. And one of the things that they are going to de-emphasize is the um, responsibility for a kid to have an assignment done on time because uh, that's yeah. considered racist. And, this, this is, and this, there are people who actually um, get votes from other people for proposing stuff like this, and then they are put in power. It's mind-boggling that there's that much stupidity out there. Yeah, no, and another thing in, in San Diego that was exposed by my colleague Chris Rufo at City Journal is, you know, they had a training by this woman named Bettina Love, who has written and said that, that white teachers are committing spirit murder against black students and that they need to have therapy for being white, right? Now, mm-hmm. it's like, can you imagine what would be said and what would be done and how quickly it would be shut down if anybody associated with the public school said, uh, we need therapy for black kids to make them stop being black, right? I mean, it's abominable, oh, yeah. it's appalling. It, it would never happen. But right. it's not just San Diego with her and with these ideas. It's also, I mean, she was the featured speaker for the state of Virginia's retreat on equity sponsored by the governor of the State Department of Education. These ideas really have a lot of power and currency in the public education bureaucracy. They perhaps could have been stopped or slowed down by federal executive action against, but now the wind is going to be at these people's backs. Well, you know what's interesting about that, Max, is that if you are a, a, a black uh, parent, your kids go to school, and if you believe that <clears throat> the white teachers are, are uh, just evil and, and terrible for your kids because they're white and your kids are black, and that seems to be a pretty good advertisement for school choice, but that's the last thing that they would want. In other words, if you're black and, you fl- and, and, and that, what, what they're claiming is actually true, you're trapped there anyway. You're not going anywhere. You're not allowed to leave. If you, your kid has to go where they tell you to go. So they, they feel the, the way they do, but they also are opposed to school choice. It makes no sense. No, it really doesn't. I mean, it, it, exactly as you said, and I've tried, I've tried to make this point before, too. I mean, if you, if you truly believe that schools are institutionally, systemically, structurally, possibly irredeemably racist and white supremacist institutions, then certainly, you know, Students of color should have the opportunity to go elsewhere, to go to a school that's more supportive, that fits their parents' values, reflects their parents' beliefs, that doesn't, you know, do them the kind of harm that these ideologues say that our public schools are doing to students and that, you know, our public schools will soon be really doing to students because I I think that telling your kids, you know, telling kids that their teacher is oppressing them is going to do them a profound amount of harm. Like all of the good qualities that you feel like you got from your Catholic education that came from respecting your elders, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine yeah. the way that you would view the world if you were instead trained to view your elders as oppressors and your elders as part of an oppressive system that you need to overturn? Um, right. You might not have come out so well, and I fear a lot of kids won't the more that they're taught and, and the difference between uh, back in the uh, dark ages when I went to school and now is that, and I've had teachers tell me this, um, that, <clears throat> that the parents no longer support the teachers. And it used to be, I, if I got in trouble in school and uh, and maybe the teacher uh, did something to me that I wasn't that thrilled with, I would never go home and tell my parents because my dad's answer would have been, just quit fooling around. He didn't want to hear it. He didn't He didn't want to hear my side of the story. <laughs> I was wrong, and the and the adult was right. That does just, I mean, maybe that's too extreme, but it, that, that works. It worked anyway. No, I think I think I think you're putting your your finger on something very important. There's really, I mean, you know, regardless of, of you know which administration we have, there's been a really broad sociological kind of inversion of where we place authority with kids and how much you know we trust teachers with kids. But it it will have direct, uh, you know, who is in power will will also directly affect this. One thing that the Obama administration did that was like very little commented on at the time 
was in all these school districts that it went to and told to change the discipline policies, they actually required these districts to train parents to challenge teachers on discipline, right? So you have your school district officials holding town halls with parents, telling them if you feel like your kid has been, you know, got in trouble for the wrong reason, here's how you fight the teacher. (laughs) So you have the system, you know, telling parents to not trust the system. Um, We were told before we went to Catholic school, and I don't think the Catholic schools do as good a job as this at this as they used to. But uh, we the we were we were terrified going in there as freshmen of how we were going to be treated by the Christian brothers because we were told over and over again, "You better listen to what they say. They're not they'll they'll be very tough on you." And you knew going in that uh, whatever they said was the law, and that was it. And if you and if you went against it, you paid a price, and that. You need that, you know. So what? what is um, Joe? I only have a couple minutes left here. Joe Biden hates charter schools. Uh, is it only because of the all the money taken in from the unions that he feels required to hate them, or does he? Do you think he actually makes a case for them not being uh, a good thing, or tries to make one? Uh, well, I don't. I don't think I've ever actually seen him uh, make any substantive case beyond. Uh, you know, parroting the kind of changing talking points of the Democratic Party on this, which have have changed from the Obama administration, which was substantially more pro-charter, to now where the teachers' unions are very clearly the primary power brokers on this issue. I mean, the transition team on for the Department of Education looks like a softball team between the American Federation of Teachers and the National Education Association. And, you know, Biden's wife is, I think, very ideologically simpatico with the teachers union presidents. So he will actually, the interesting thing is like, he won't even say that he opposes them directly, that they shouldn't happen. He will just say that they should be regulated as public schools are regulated, the same quote unquote accountability. What he really wants to do is to, you know, restrict their operating freedom to make them part of the system. And ultimately, you know, ideally I think in their, in their world, unionize the teachers within them. Um, So he hasn't, he hasn't really made a substantive case. It's just a, a rhetorical shift based on a power shift in the Democratic Party behind him and, and the shifting currents of liberal ideology over the past decade. Hey, Max, I'm out of time. Max Eden, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, and also, I, I'm sure we'll have you on again, especially after this idiot's been in, in office for a while and uh, some of these policies start taking effect. Uh, we'll see how things are going in the schools around the country. But uh, I appreciate yeah, you coming I, on. I, Thanks. I fear- Thanks. I fear there will be more to talk about. But I think so. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Max. Hey, you too. That's Max Eden, Senior Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. I'll be right back. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 percent vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere you'll also get 10 percent off your total project when you mention this show Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Everyone's mother always says, eat your vegetables. And even now, we still have excuses for why we don't. They taste so gross. It takes so much trouble to prepare. Fresh fruits and vegetables are so expensive. Your mother wanted you to eat your fruits and vegetables because she knew that's how we get and stay healthy. While your mother never listened to your excuses, Balance of Nature has listened. All 10 daily servings of fruits and vegetables you need in six small capsules. They are absolutely no trouble. Always fresh. 
fresh, nothing artificial, and ready to take. And the cost, literally pennies per serving. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables, no hassle, no weird flavors, and pennies per serving. Join me and experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. For a limited time, all new preferred customers receive an additional 35% discount and free shipping on your first balance of nature order. Use promo code G-O-R-K-A. Call 800-246-8751 or balanceofnature.com. Promo code G-O-R-K-A. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, Mike Doyle is a, a Democrat, and he uh, I, I'm pretty sure he, I don't know when the last time he had an opponent when he ran for election. He's been in Congress way too long, 25 years, which is really too long for everybody, for anybody, I should say. He's been in there since 1995. Uh, he announced today, and you don't hear from Mike all that much, at least I don't. Uh, he, he announced today that he supports the impeachment of President Donald Trump following the president's actions of encouraging his supporters uh, who then led a violent insurrection of the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Doyle tweeted that Trump demonstrated yesterday that every day he's president is a day he will try to overturn the election and undermine our democracy. He must be removed from office immediately. First of all, Mike, it's not a democracy. Would you please, uh, you know, if you've been in, in, actually been in Congress for 25 years, would you please get a clue about that? It's not a democracy. But anyway... Uh, he joins a bunch of uh, dozens of other lawmakers, it says here, in supporting impeaching Trump. Uh, Doyle also uh, shared his uh, support for Trump to be removed from office via the 25th Amendment, which you can't do, by the way. You'd think somebody in government would know that the 25th Amendment has nothing to do with policy. Uh, there'd have to be somebody to prove that he was uh, mentally unstable, which you're not going to be able to do. But Mike Doyle is uh, a guy who uh, keeps going back to Congress no matter what he does, he could he could run naked through the streets of Pittsburgh and uh, the day before Election Day, and if he was the Democrat on the ticket, he would be elected. So uh, he's, in, he's all in favor of impeachment. A really gutsy call here by Mike Doyle, who we've asked to be on the show a few times, and uh, we can't get a response. He won't come on. So um, uh, that's where we are right now. They have 12 days. They now want to impeach Donald Trump. This is it's going to be an entertaining four years. As I said yesterday, terrible, terrible for the country. Pretty good for talk radio business, uh, these, these people being in power. But uh, it starts in, what, 12 days? That's it for this week, though, and we'll be back on Monday. The way things are going now, who knows what we'll be talking about three days from now. It's, uh, it's kind of... It's impossible to, to predict what's going to happen in the next 20 minutes. But I'm done here for this week. Thanks to Mike and Darren for helping out. Thank you for listening, and have John a good Stagger weekend. Bye. It's a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.